Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honoured that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Fertility Warriors. And I'm probably going to say that today's topic falls into the lines of things that we should have been taught in high school but actually never were. And then particularly, I have quite a personal um, story in terms of what we're talking about today, in terms of pelvic health. And it is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Kath Backey from Fitness Mama. Um, Kath is going to talk to us all today all about pelvic floor health, which is actually a much more important topic than we've been led to believe. Um, so Kath, you are a women's specialist physio and you like obviously because your name is fitness mama you're a pilates teacher all that kind of health women's health realm that's right welcome <laughs> to the podcast today <laughs> thank you robin thanks for having me it's lovely to chat so on in all honesty like we i feel like we grow up and people talk about kegels and i have this view of like an 80s Olivia Newton-John type figure being like, yes, yeah, squeeze, squeeze. And so my very personal story is following the birth of Olivia, I spent three years going to doctors and actually developed like a bit of white coat syndrome because everyone was like, mm, normal, saying to them, my digestion doesn't feel right, like my, my sorry if this is TMI, my bowel movements, like it's just not feeling normal. And everyone fobbed me off and fobbed me off until someone who was in my fertility program was a women's health physio. And she was like, Robin, you have, you, you have a prolapse. I can guarantee it right now that because, and she told me all of, so when Olivia was born, ended in a hysterectomy. I didn't know that my uterus was doing all these other things other than just like, you know, shedding my uterine lining or create, having growing a baby. And it really, I, so number one, she was amazing. Number two, I was like, what? Women's health physios are not like the physios that say, stretch out your arm 12 times if it's feeling stiff. No way, Jose. It, I almost wish that women's health physios weren't called physios because it's so different. Yeah, I'd agree with that um, because we all grow up and I was the same. I was at school. I was like, yeah, I want to be a physio. I want to do all the sports physio. Yeah. Um, I want to be a football physio. And then I went through uni and I think all physio students, well, lots of them end up doing what we call sports training at the local football yeah. field where we, yeah. you know, massage sweaty hamstrings halfway. <laughs> it's like we tape sweaty, dirty, stinking ankles. And I pretty very soon realised 
I don't rate personally. I know like my sister-in-law is a sports physio. I've got a sports, I've got to be careful what I say, but personally I didn't resonate with sports physio. And then I suddenly, I did this um, women's health placement and I was in a whole room of pregnant women. I was like 20 years old. And, you know, I was like this whole women's health side of thing, like helping women with their pelvic health, helping them to feel more confident, feel empowered. It's helping their mental health. And I was like, this is cool. So I went on to study it's postgraduate training, you know, pelvic floor assessments, and that's an internal vaginal examination. So you end up having to go back to uni to learn all this sort of stuff. And I love that you say that it helps mental health because seeing Rebecca, it, it was this process of not feeling very validated, but then having someone who was like, no, this like this is how we can help you with this, being really gentle and really in all of these times, like we're very vulnerable when we are trying to get pregnant and navigating things like infertility and loss. We're very, and you know, like so many women as well are very sadly giving birth but not bringing home a baby uh, and then having to go through like and see people like women's health physios or maybe should do but aren't being referred. Pregnancy is vulnerable. Postpartum is vulnerable. And it's just so lovely when you actually get to see someone in that capacity who is so lovely and welcoming and it really makes an impact on your mental health to have that. Oh, yes, I 100% agree. Like I had someone, a client, Recently, so nothing to pregnancy. She was in her 20s and she had leaking, like urgency, having to rush to the toilet and she would leak when she laughed as well. And she said to me, like once she was starting to improve, she said to me, I went through a patch where I didn't let myself laugh. Yeah. Like I, she, I didn't want to put myself in a position where I'd laugh because I was so worried about leaking. So I'm so thankful that I can like laugh. And that was just really like struck home. Like that was just, you know, one of those moments that just, yeah, like one of those pinching moments. It's like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Like, yeah, you know, I want all like, women to know about this. <laughs> well, and why don't we? And even my understanding is that in the UK, they're, fairly advanced and they, there's so much more access to women's health physios. But here in Australia, and I, I'm going to put it out there, that probably in the US, mm. it's just not as much of a thing. <laughs> yeah, look, absolutely. After having a baby in, um, in a few countries now, you get access to a couple of sessions if you'd like. But having said that, in Australia, we still do have continence clinics. They're just mm-hmm. harder to get to. So if you perhaps don't have the funds or, you know, the finances and you are noticing issues, so I'm sure this is what we're going to talk about is identifying issues because that's an amazing first step that you can start at any stage, um, yeah. you know, and that's important. To, this is the stuff I wish they would teach. Mm, um, nice. Yeah, so, but if you were able to identify issues, you can go to your GP and get on a wait list for your local continence clinic. Unfortunately, there are really long wait times, but yeah. there are services available, but often we need to go and, so if we can't pay privately for a women's health physio, then you can still go and speak to your GP and perhaps get yourself on a wait list. 
Mm. I did go. So mine wasn't so much leakage, although like I had, you know, since having children, there has been that. But I actually did go to a GP for a referral and she rejected me. So I paid privately. It actually wasn't that as expensive as I thought it was. Um, but it's, I feel like it is a really vulnerable topic when we're talking about things, you know, like downstairs, what's going on for us downstairs. So, okay, let's start with the basics. What should we have been taught at school that we weren't taught about our pelvic health? Yes, such a good question. Um, and you're right, I think this is one I'm really thankful for podcasts because yeah. I really do believe podcasts is helping this message get out there. Um, and so more women are coming and seeing me proactively and saying, I just want to make sure everything's okay. Or I've noticed this is happening. I was listening to a podcast. So that's so great. We are chatting today. So what I get, let's go through a few things to be aware of. So yeah. can we talk through some warning signs perhaps? Yes. Yes, please. But I, I do wish even at school, like when our daughters and sons like go through adolescence, the reason I say daughters is because women do have, we, our anatomy is different. We've got different, like our hormones are different to the men. So women are more predisposed to pelvic health issues compared to our male counterparts. So it's not saying that if you're a male, like there's definitely, there's a huge area of men's health, which is a mm-hmm. whole other topic. So men do develop some of these issues um absolutely but we'll just be talking about women today so talk about women yeah yeah um so even if it comes to the basics like what what is your pelvis like what's your pelvic floor muscles yeah what are the openings (laughs) down there like a lot of us don't know that there's three openings yeah one the one at the front, which is your urethra, where the wee comes out. It's a very small opening. Then there's the vagina, where the baby comes out. And then there's your anus, which is where your fecal matter comes out. So there's those three openings. And we should, so knowing the basics, and I think there's a lot, oh, we could talk forever, but there's a lot where I think sexual education is really important and empowering our children and empowering us that things shouldn't hurt. So when we're having sex, it shouldn't be painful. This isn't normal. Um, Oh, this is a whole other topic, talking about pornography and the availability of all this on the internet and this mixed with anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, thinking of me as someone, like let's say that I'm currently like, 30 uh, I'm trying to conceive and I'm like what why didn't you know like what what like is this normal what kind of things might not be might be like red flags if I'm 30 if I'm trying to conceive and starting to think that maybe there's something going on with my pelvic floor or pelvic so let's of all let's first of all talk about a few I guess, warning signs. Yeah. As you said, like the red flags, like what should we be aware of in terms of what's not normal? I do have a checklist available, a free checklist, which I can give to you to link in the show notes. It's a really simple yes, no answer, where if you answer yes to any of these questions, then the recommendation would be to go and see your local pelvic floor physio. 
So that's a pelvic health checklist. But what that what we discuss in that is, do you have any leaking of mm. urine, feces, or even that involuntary leaking of wind? So oh. if you've got a fart coming on, you want to be able to hold it in if you would like to hold it in. Yeah. I often say to my husband, I'm like, I'm sure you've got flatus incontinence. <laughs> so <laughs> that's not the case. He could hold it in if he wanted to, but that's all yeah. about the topic. He would die if he thought I was talking about him at the moment. <laughs> we won't tell him. I won't send it to you. <laughs> we won't tell anyone. Um, so, yes, it's the leaking, involuntary leaking of urine, feces, or wind. So gotcha. then the next thing is signs of pelvic organ prolapse. Mm-hmm. So this can be quite obvious signs to quite subtle signs as it sounds like you've had along the way. So it could be felt as a vaginal bulge or a lump or this pelvic heaviness, dragging sensation, or you might even have, and I, and I should say prolapse isn't common in women who haven't yet had a baby. Yeah. Um, but it might even be that a tampon is feeling st- stuck but you don't actually have a tampon in or it could be issue you're having issues passing urine or your bowel movements so then one which is another red uh, warning sign which is perhaps important to know if you haven't yet had a baby and this is really common this one is urgency and rushing to the toilet yeah um, so urinary urgency and urge urinary incontinence, so that leaking when you get an urge. So this might result in someone feeling like they have to wee all the time, like brushing yeah. every hour to the toilet. Um, you know that, have you ever experienced like key in door? Like you get to the front door, you oh. put your key in, and then yeah. suddenly you're like, oh, my gosh, I need to go to the toilet. Yeah. So that can be a trigger for urgency or the sound of running water can sometimes is a common trigger or just thinking I need to go to the toilet then can suddenly trigger an urge and then you have to rush to the toilet. Yeah. So that's, that can really impact. And this is what I do see a lot of urgency in younger women. When I say younger, you know, women in their twenties, and this can really impact your life. So if you have got urgency or frequency where you're having to go to the toilet all the time, there is potentially a lot that we can do to help. Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. Just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional well-being, resilience and conception tips to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website or on Instagram at Robin Birkin. All right, let's get back to it. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that urgency. What could be the cause of that? Well, it, there's, there's a few options. Um, it could be something as innocuous as having lots of mineral water during the day and mineral mm-hmm. water or any buzzy, bu- buzzy, <laughs> bubbly, fizzy water yeah. or fizzy drink can be a bladder irritant. Or it might be the amount of caffeine or it might just be when you have a lot of alcohol and alcohol is a bit more of a diuretic. So it could be it could be something that we're drinking or something mm-hmm. like that. Or sometimes it can be 
it can slowly get worse as a result of something, a habit. Mm. So I'm really trying to, you know how when we were children, your parents might have said to you, come on, go to the toilet because we're leaving the house. Yeah. Or, and you might get into that bit of a habit. And I have to stop myself saying it to my kids. I still find myself saying, you know, go to the toilet just in case. And if we keep doing these just in case voids, like keep going to the toilet when we don't need to, it's almost teaching our bladder that it needs to empty before it's full. Yeah. So we really want the bladder to reach that point where it's got a nice full capacity and then that bladder is going to send that signal to your brain. Your brain is going to say, okay, I need to go to the toilet. And then you'll find the to- go to the toilet and go when you're ready to go. Yeah. And see, and- this has nothing to do with taping sweaty ankles. <laughs> this is where I'm like, women's health physio is different. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? But also I should say sometimes there's, it could be, you just want to have a check-in with your doctor as well. If you've got your urgency, it could be that there's um, something happening with some medications that you're on, or perhaps there's an undiagnosed bladder infection or urinary tract infection that's irritating the bladder. So I generally always, if someone comes to see me with urgency, um, so I always say to them, go and also go, also mm. go and see your doctor yep. just to tick off all those medical side of things just to, and then we can get started with the, you know, the bladder retraining and, and working out all those, those other options, what I call the conservative management mm. options. Yeah. So when we look at being in that preconception phase and all of the things that we might want to consider and, you know, I know, like, I know that everybody knows or everybody says when you get pregnant, when you have a baby, blah, 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 kegels something something like birth it's important but I don't know why and also I don't think like many people know even how to do (laughs) um, it correctly but what are the benefits of us almost like practicing good pelvic health and then I guess that leads into how do we practice good pelvic health but what are some of the benefits of in the preconception phase and I guess leading into like early pregnancy and things like that having Good pelvic health. Yeah. So I guess it'll be good to unpack a few things there. Yes. So before like preconception, this is where, like, as we talked about, um, one, one important thing to do is it's almost give yourself a bit of a screening and screen yourself for pelvic floor issues. And if you do have any concerns, get onto that sooner rather than later. I'm a huge advocate for prevention or for, for early management. So yeah. if you have, if anything we've talked about today and we didn't actually talk about pain oh, yeah. with intercourse oh, or, con- yeah. or chronic constipation issues. So okay. if any of these sorts of things you're thinking, you're listening and you're like, oh, that's me, then I recommend go and have a chat to your GP or go and see your pelvic floor, local pelvic floor physio and just get on to get onto a bit of a management sooner rather than later. But if you have listened and you're like, no, I think I'm okay with everything you've been talking about so far, then there's still a few more things that would be amazing to get into um, just to be aware of because that awareness is a huge 
benefit. Like this, what we're talking about today, the fact that you're all listening to this podcast, it's amazing because you're just empowering yourself so that if or when things happen down the track, you can identify it early. Yes. So setting yourself up with good bladder habits and bowel habits is amazing. So we've sort of touched on a few of these. So don't just go to the toilet just in case. Yeah. Don't just pee, you know, 30 minutes after you've last gone to the toilet if you don't even need to go. Um, yeah. So creating those sorts of good bladder habits is really great, not straining on the toilet. So yeah. when we go to the toilet, just let it all relax, let it all come out. Um, yeah. Yeah, no straining to avoid. And then looking after our bowels is a huge one too because it's all linked. So this is where we want to manage and try to prevent as much constipation as possible. Mm. Um, and, again, not straining to pass the bowel motion, really amazing. And then probably the last two things to tick off would be if you've got any respiratory issues, we know that a chronic cough can be uh, that can be linked with pelvic organ prolapse issues Mm, so if you do have any respiratory issues or a chronic cough go and have a chat to your doctor and then the last one would be as with every facet of life but managing your weight as best possible so you know having a chat to the the, your team about weight management if um, because extra weight can put extra pressure through the pelvic floor so prolapse is for anyone who's listening prolapse prolapse can mean that what it sounds like things come out but by and large a prolapse can also be just that everything gets like a little bit saggy inside and leans along other things right so it doesn't it's not always physically obvious from the outside but then it can do things like really impact like the flow of things coming out what's getting stored how you know all of that kind of stuff um and what is it like why Can I take what you just said one step further? They used to say that a prolapse was, you know, when you do an assessment, if there's any lowering of the organs, then you've got a prolapse. But these days they've changed the definition of prolapse and it needs to be symptomatic as well as the findings on assessment. And I think it's really important to notice, to know, because pretty much if you've been pregnant and you've had a baby, there will be everything will be a bit floppier and looser, like like yeah. everyone. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's like anything bad. It's just the way it is. Just yeah. like when we age, you know, our boobs get a bit droopier and yeah. we have a few more wrinkles and sags around the face, and just yeah. so that's just part of part of it all. So I just want to yeah. sometimes women's come to me and say, oh, I've, I've been told I've got a prolapse. And then I assess them. I'm like, this is totally within normal range. Nice. You know, there is designed to be a bit of movement to the organs and, and it's not symptomatic. So it's not nice. a prolapse. Yeah. Love it. Now what, so when we talk about, you know, I guess like doing our Kegels and things like that, why? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, so, Kegels is a term, like it's an American term. So Kegels is a term for pelvic floor exercises. So when we're doing our pelvic floor exercises, I'll just make it really simple. There's two main elements that we want to do. We want to do our zipping up and our lifting. So our pelvic floor lifts. So that if you're not sure what that is, that might be, you know, when you're imagining you're stopping yourself passing wind. So it's a drawing up and in 
um, of our pelvic floor muscles. Or this is a bit disgusting, but imagine there's a thick shake and you have a straw to the thick shake in your vagina and you're sucking up the thick shake through that straw. So it's that sucking in, drawing up action. But then the second. It's not like clenching a fist. (laughs) Yes, that's right. So it. When sometimes when I see women do pelvic floor exercises, I see them lifting their eyebrows. I see them <laughs> clenching, <laughs> clenching their glute muscles, their butt muscles. So yeah. they're all the external muscles. So this is all an internal muscle. So it should be your own little secret. If yeah. someone else can tell you're doing your pelvic floor exercises, chances are you're probably not doing them properly. So it might be worth getting it checked out just to make sure you got the right technique. Because they're internal to the body. How are we supposed to know? This is the hard thing. How do you know if you're doing a pelvic floor exercise? Like, And research has shown there's actually quite a large, it's either 20 or 30%. I have to find that research article. But this isn't like normal people, like just general society, 20 to 30% of us who think we're doing our pelvic floor exercises properly are actually not at all. That was me. Yeah, you know, it's really common it, and yeah. I can totally understand it. They're internal, like seriously. It's not like a bicep curl. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, can I just say the second yeah, element yeah. before we um, before we get distracted? So it's zipping up is one important element and then the other important element is the relaxing and that's what we often forget about, the relaxation of the pelvic floor. Mm. Yes. So what are the benefits? Why should why do why would we do this? Okay, so we want to be able to relax the pelvic floor because it, this if they're not relaxing properly, this might be when you notice issues with pelvic pain, um, mm-hmm. pain with sex, constipation. Um, this might be if you get pregnant, might be issues with childbirth because we can't you know the if we simplify it and we think when we relax the pelvic floor it's like the doors are opening so that the baby can come out so we don't want the doors to be closed and everything to be zipped up and in when you're trying to let a baby come out so pelvic floor relaxation is really important for that and then research has shown that by doing pelvic floor exercises it can help to reduce your risk of issues after baby so issues with leaking and prolapse and everything we've just talked about so we want to be able to do beautiful pelvic floor exercises lifts but also the relaxation gotcha uh, we don't also don't want to over exercise because sometimes people get a bit carried away and they're like <laughs> oh my god i need to do a million pelvic floor exercises in the day <laughs> <laughs> and that might be when issues of pain or that sort of stuff come about. Mm. And the way I like to think about it is if we're relaxing and lying down, you know, we're watching Netflix at the end of the day, we've got our feet up, all our muscles in our body are a bit more relaxed. Mm. Yeah. Whereas if we're standing and we're up against gravity or if we're walking or running, we naturally need more muscle activity in our body to hold us upright so we don't fall over. And then like your pelvic floor muscles will naturally have a bit more tension and activity. Mm. So that's why it's so important. We don't want them just to be turned on all the time. We do want them to be able to relax. And I will just add in this day and age, you know, there's been something like, you know, 
there's been this little pandemic happening in the world. We're all perhaps a bit more anxious and stressed. I know maybe that's just me, but we, we <laughs> perhaps <laughs> collective. <laughs> but we're all we all hold our stress in different ways. So some of you listening might have noticed they've got they've developed some headaches and maybe migraines and neck pain and your muscles around your neck. You know, you just love a good neck massage. Um, others might have noticed that you actually hold the tension around your tummy and your pelvic floor. And you act, sometimes women grip with their pelvic floor when they're feeling a bit anxious and stressed. Mm. So that's why I think this awareness, like if you're listening right now, maybe not if you're walking, but if you're sitting, sit down quickly and do a quick body scan. Start from head to toe and think, where's the muscle tension in my body? Is it in my forehead? I know I always frown mm-hmm. and my kids think I'm really annoyed, but I'm just concentrating. <laughs> Um, oh, whereas some of, us, <laughs> some of us hold it in our jaw and clench our teeth. Mm. Some of us hold it in our chest, tummy. So just do a quick body scan, head to toe, and then relax your pelvic floor. Yeah. And I think that's really nice. So at the end of the day, when you're watching Netflix or when you're relaxed or about to have sex or, or go to the toilet, just relax your pelvic floor. Yes, I love, I love that. And I'm really happy that we're talking about that because like I said, I think it's really important and I, it's one of those things that we find out too late <laughs> but, or, we just, or we just never know properly and, you know, especially when people have things like leakage and urgency, it really is a quality of life thing. Mm, absolutely. So what else do, do we need to know or should, so hang on, before I say that, So it's important for us to have good pelvic floor exercises but not too much. So what is that sweet spot? (laughs) Look, I think at this stage, like I don't want to overcomplicate it. Let's just have some good awareness of where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, um, sort out any issues that you might have. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily say if, if you're not pregnant, I wouldn't necessarily say you need to go and do heaps of exercises. If you don't have any issues, you've probably got pelvic floor strength is fine. Like, oh. And if yeah, you are so, pregnant, sorry. If you are pregnant, I look, I am a huge fan of being proactive. So I think gold standard, if you can get yourself a pelvic floor assessment just to get your baseline, because things will probably change once you've had your baby. If you can get a pelvic floor assessment, but otherwise, like this is what I, this is why I created my online program, Fitness Mama, because I wanted to provide this sort of education and support, you know, that ability to exercise competently. Um, So this is why I developed Fitness Mama. Friendly exercise, because you don't, I think sometimes you don't really know what you're supposed to do if you get pregnant. (laughs) 100%. And there's, there's, I, I really do believe pregnancy is a time we need to care for our body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not you've been through a heap of IVF or you're pregnant or you've had your baby, like we women tend to be, we tend to put ourselves last. But we know that pregnancy and pelvic floor, and sorry, pregnancy and childbirth, and then give us another 10, 15 years or whatever, then the menopause hits us. We know that one in three women will have leaking issues. Our one in two women will have prolapse issues. So this, these are sobering. Yeah, it's, it's high. Like this is according to the Australian Continence Foundation. So we need to prioritise our bodies. You know, if, if you, yeah, we give our body, we give so much 
we're mm-hmm. like women in general, we're really selfless. We're, you, when you have your baby, you're learning how to breastfeed and change nappies and sleep deprivation. Like it's so easy for us at any stage of our life. You know, if you, if you're trying to conceive and you're working long hours and like, it's well, so easy for us. Appointments for IVF and doing yeah. blood tests and 12,000 yeah. other things. Yeah, exactly. And it's so easy for wellness and like in terms of what I'm talking about, exercise to fall to the bottom of the to-do list. And I don't think exercise needs to be something that's hardcore. I believe like movement is medicine. And that's my mantra inside Fitness Mama. I'm like, something is better than nothing, even if it's five minutes, five minutes of beautiful movement out in the sunshine, stretches, whatever it is you're feeling. If you're feeling really, you know, um, with IVF, you're feeling really tired and gross and fatigued, going for an hour-long walk is probably not what your body needs. However, doing some beautiful stretches and, some, you know, some beautiful movements in the sunshine might really help you just to feel so much better. I 100% agree. Like this year I'm all about, and I keep calling it, I'm not calling it exercise, I'm calling it joyful movement, like just yeah. fit, like feeling good about moving my body. So can we talk about, um, usually, well, let's actually I'm going to give you a forum to chat about where people can find you in a moment, but can I just one question? So how long are your workouts in the membership? Well, I've got 10 minutes if you're feeling gross or (laughs) you have got, you know, you've been working for a long day and you need to do a quick 15 minutes before dinner's ready or there's 30 to 40 minutes. So my idea, yeah, it's, if something is, that's my mantra. Something's better than nothing. Like just done is better than perfect. Just do something, okay. move. Yeah. Yes. I love that. So before we get on to the speed round, can you tell everyone where they can find you? If they want to look you up on Instagram or your website or whatever and see what you've got, where can they go to find you? Thank you, Bobbin. Yes, I've got a podcast. So if you are pregnant or when you are pregnant, it might be perfect for you. So that's the Fitness Mama podcast. So it's F-I-T-N-E-S-T. Uh, I have got a pregnancy workshop where we talk about preparing pelvic floor for birth and beyond. And, and my membership's got online workouts. So I do actually have quite a, a couple of women who aren't pregnant. They just wanted to join up and do the pregnancy safe exercises and start preparing their bodies for pregnancy. So whether or not you're preconception, pregnancy or postpartum, that's at www.fitnessmama.com. And all my freebies are there too. Love it. And I think sometimes as well, when you're going through things like IVF, you, you do crave workouts almost similar to like pregnancy workouts and things like that because you don't always want to be like running marathons or things like that. You want mm. more sort of nurturing self-care, yep. you know. Yeah, and there is also some evidence in that first trimester and like when you're trying to conceive as well, like we don't want to be overheating the body. Mm-hmm. So to be just be being mindful of that, um, yeah, I think that temperature regulation is really important in that first trimester. Yeah, I love it. So are you ready for the speed round? Bring it on. Okay. Do you have a favourite quote or affirmation? Oh, I think I just said that. I oh, said yeah. It. Repeat I it. Said it all the time. time. Something is better than nothing in terms of exercise and done is better than perfect and that's mm-hmm. for life. Like my kids have just been doing homeschooling. I'm like, just do it. 
like doesn't matter it doesn't have to be perfect just do it and I think yeah. as a mom as you know any woman sometimes we're all perfection perfectionists so that's my that's my mantra personally just do it done is better than it. perfect do you have a book that you recommend everyone reads <laughs> I'm a bit embarrassed to admit this I'm a big sucker for like when I get into bed, I might have five minutes of energy before I pass that. So I read and I just want it to be a book that's easy to read. It takes me away from the daily life. And I'm loving at the moment Fiona McIntosh. Okay. All her books, uh, they're all romance, romance novels. They're all set in the First World War. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, they're all, you know, this this soldier returns wounded and this woman's oh. waiting for him with open arms, oh. that sort of stuff. <laughs> What's the author's name again? Fiona McIntosh. Highly okay. recommend. I do love Easy a read. romance novel. Um, yeah. And if you had a message, if you had some like a flag that you fly, something that you wanted to scream from the rooftops, what would that message be? Oh, that would definitely be like... Oh, it would definitely be like what I was saying before, like, like, look, let's look after our bodies, whether or not we've been through IVF, pregnancy, childbirth, our bodies go through so much having a baby and it's, it's you know, brilliant, but we know, like, I think with, let's say with a sports injury or with football or with any professional sports, they're really good at being proactive, you know, treating any issues, whether if they've had a knee reconstruction, they'll go through some really great rehab before they get back into footy. Whereas when we give our body for this journey of motherhood, like often we don't give back to it and we need our body for the rest of our life. And we deserve, it's not being selfish, just so this is what I shout to the rooftops, you know, just look, put yourself to the top of the to-do list. A hundred percent. Whatever that means for you. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Honestly, I truly believe that this is all information that we should have had when we were at school. So I'm so pleased that you've been able to share your expertise with us and join us on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Absolute delight. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Fertility Warriors. We'll meet you again same time next week. Before you go, though, if you do need some further support, then we encourage you to come and join us at the Mind Body Fertility Reset, the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility. In the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times. Sustainable and small steps lifestyle support, helping you conquer your diet goals, your movement goals, cut out toxins and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way. And lastly, and what I think is most importantly, emotional well-being. Infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey. And it's really hard when we haven't learned the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times. So in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community, we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey. To find out more, visit us at robinburkin.com slash mindbodyfertilityreset. And lastly, we need to let you know that 
any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.